Yo. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired. Kairos. Shazanga. Sounds really warm. Thank you. I am very warm. Your skin warm. looks nice, Kairos. See what skincare routines do? This is months in the making. I'm trying to look good for you. It's been a while since I've seen you. Like, no, Gina's going to see me soon, so I got to make sure I look good. I like my roaches in the background. Uh, I can't say that I'm a fan, to be honest with you. I think you should, I think you should take that off. Because if this clip gets put on Twitter, which it is, they're going to rip you because they're going to think, I don't know. Oh, oh, this no, clip is definitely getting put on. It oh, looks no. And we're leaving horrendous. the roaches in the back. I do this on Zoom with my friends. Like, they hate <laughs> wow. it. Ask Kelsey. Like, she's the only one that likes it. Everyone else hates it. Uh, yeah, I'm not feeling it. it. I hate things that scuttle. I hate things that kind of crawl. And that is really giving me kind of like, oh, vibes. I'm terrified of roaches. On, I'll concentrate on your face. I should be good. <laughs> Damn. But anyway, it looks like we started the show. There was so much action that oh, took no. place this past weekend. So was three, there? two, one. Well, I did say that we'd started. So I'm guessing that we started. So the uh, countdown, I guess, was unnecessary. But yes, there was. There was incredible action. BKFC, Bellator, Khan and Kelbrook, Amir Khan, Kelbrook, and obviously UFC action as well incredible nights of fights incredible i think we were spoiled man spoiled tremendously now i know our shots fired isn't usually about kind of recapping and you know looking what the card was actually um bringing for us in terms of entertainment value but i think it'd be remiss of us not to touch on at least one or two um, items that kind of like made us say whoa this past weekend for me I'm going to start off. One of the things that made me say, well, one of the things that made me kind of like exclaim was getting it right. I knew and I felt in my waters that for the longest while, I think it's something like 13 years, Kelbrook and Amir Khan in the boxing world have been avoiding each other. I mean, I guess it wouldn't be purposeful or on purpose, but they've been avoiding each other. So this past weekend, they finally clashed and I have to say, I was, from start to finish, mesmerized. I was transfixed. It was a fantastic fight, but a bit of a one-sided beatdown as far as I'm concerned. Don't get me wrong. For me, Amir Khan, he fought valiantly. He fought back. But it was all about Kelbrook for me. Incredible uppercuts. Incredible, like, just combinations. For me... He's kind of solidified his, his, his kind of like stance for the longest while that Amir Khan has actually had it. And I hate to be the one to actually break it to Amir Khan. I'm sure, you know, he's an avid listener of the show, avid viewer of the show. It's time Amir Khan kind of like hung him up. It really is. So that's what really made me say, whoa, this, this past weekend. How about Kyrus Bodley? You know what? Um... Mm. 
if he would have gotten a fight, I would have loved to talk about Mokayev, but whatever. One thing that stuck out to me is this. There are a decent bit of contender series people on the show on um, last weekend's show, and I don't like it. I don't like it one fucking bit. Even though some of them won, I don't think a lot of them are ready. I watched, who was it? It was Jessica Rose Clark versus... Uh, Stephanie Egger. Stephanie Edgar. I'm sorry, that's not the fight that I'm thinking of. I'm sorry. <laughs> not that one. There was uh, Gloria DePaolo versus... Um, can't remember who it was, but Gloria DePaolo versus... De- oh, Belbita. Belbita. I think she went through Tuesday Night Contender Series. And although she has close to 20 professional fights, watching her fight and watching her try to make reads and realizing that she just couldn't, like... I, I was just like, maybe this wasn't the right stage for her to be on at this point in time in her career. And I was thinking about that for a lot of fighters on there. I was just like, I get that there's this craze to put out enough um, things to digest. And, like, we have to have, oh, a feeding circuit we have to have great fighters coming in because we're sending great fighters out and all this riffraff but i think that they need to be a little bit more selective because honestly i didn't see any indication that she should be fighting at that level right now gloria had almost i don't know half the fights that she had and came out there and fought her like she had twice the amount of fights that diana i was just like okay i this was this shouldn't have been a mismatch to this like length, and I know it was a close fight, but it, I don't. It just didn't sit right with me. I think that the UFC just needs to stop doing the contender series for a little bit and start being more selective. That's all that that spoke to me. I was just like, no. Some of y'all are not. I hate ready. to break it to you, Kairos. This has been going on for a while, and right. this is the new formula. This is getting entertainment on the cheap. This is ensuring that the people whose expectations have been. So for want of a better word, a thorn in the UFC's side mm. is no longer a thorn in the UFC's side because the contracts that these individuals have been signed up on aren't great. They're not the yeah. most expensive people to have on as entertainment fodder. And we are going to see this over and over and over again. G and I have been speaking on this subject for a while, and it does seem to be a recurring theme. It is not going away. <laughs> I wish it would. I think Kairos is starting to <laughs> agree with sick me of on it. that. Yeah, me too. It, it kind of takes away from the, like the fun of the fight nights and why we even watch the UFC. And also the fact that the UFC touts itself as having the best and the premier talent when it's really just a lot of their fights are just regional circuit fighting until you get to the co-main, which is pretty sad. But for me, mm. my the thing that stood out this weekend, believe it or not, was from Knucklemania 2, which was Chad Mendez bricked up swole probably not tested but you know by nobody and came in his everlasting ever fulfilling glory okay and he dropped his opponent i don't even know his name joshua alvarez Fimez, somebody like that he dropped him four times he was in his his glory it was like prime chad mendez on fucking roids maybe who knows i don't know but it was great to see him back i also heard that he's still signed to the ufc and still making bank and be in um, Knucklemania too. So he has like one foot out the door, one foot in the door. My man is making money here and could come back and make money there. You know what I mean? Like, look, swole. Yes. And we're just going to leave it at that. That's how yeah. he, it's the psoriasis yeah. cream. That's how it's he the psoriasis cream. 
Yes, that's what he got. Rise his for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now he, now he can rub it all over his body in knucklemania <laughs> too. So he's come to full form, and that I'm a fan of his. It, it is, and I've been a fan of his when he was in the UFC. I'm a fan of his now, and he's making that bank. So shout out to Chad, and I had fun with that fight. Wow, truly wow. You know something. Before we go any further, I just want to take and cast our minds back to a few weeks when a certain wager was actually uh, was actually placed on the table. And with vim, gusto and vigor, it was said by Kairos Bodley that uh, Derek Lewis would actually starch Tai Tuivasa. Now, he said that with bass and he said that with chess. And I just want to bring to the attention the forfeit because I put myself on the line and I put my liver on the line by running a ra- wager with uh, said uh, Kairos Bodley. Said Kairos Bodley, it's time to actually pay up because we all know how Taito Ivasa and uh, Derek Lewis went down. Um, I do feel and I do think and sources tell me that he's still in the shadow realm and that is Derek Lewis is still residing there. But, you know, I just wanted to give you uh, just ample time just to get that bottle open, because I do believe that throughout the course of our discourse, there will be several shots, not fired, but drunk by yourself. Now, first of all, I- I'm going to hand it over to you because you may have some uh, mitigating uh, statements that you want to roll out. Uh, no, I stand by what I said. <laughs> And if they fought another few times, I would pick Derek again. I'm not ashamed of picking Derek Lewis for Black History Month. I'd do it again. <laughs> so it is what it is. Sometimes we have to eat our words, and that's what I'm going to do here, unfortunately. We'll drink them. So, my brother, you're drinking your words. Just for those um, who are obviously listening in audio form, what is it that you're going to be drinking tonight? And um, how many shots will it be, sir? Uh, so I went into my local liquor store and I told them, just find me something above 50 proof and find me something that, <laughs> that I'm not spending a hundred dollars on. So this that guy threw me. Awful. <laughs> it's called Sailor Cherry. It is 92 Sailor proof. Jerry. <laughs> yes, it's 92 proof and it is uh, 46%. So <laughs> wow, I'm going to enjoy this. It's I believe it's six shots because I was quoting Django. So was it six shots or was it 12? It was not 12. <laughs> it was not 12. That was the last bet that I lost a year ago. That one, that was 12. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously conflating two uh, bets, which you lost together. <laughs> but anyway, um, like whilst, whilst you take your first swig, we've each got um, an item which we're bringing to the table this week. It being shots fired. And uh, I think because we are gentlemen, Kairos, Ladies should go first. Over to you, G. What are you bringing to the table this week? Well, the lady with the roach background does get to go first. Y'all don't like my roaches in the back? I hate it. I hate it with a passion. I hate things which scuttle or crawl. And that is really, really making the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. So I can honestly feel them. Oh, that's okay, Mike. You'll be, this is how you get through a phobia is by forcing yourself to deal mm-hmm. with it and look at Apparently. my background. So listen... I made an interesting tweet the other day, right? And I'm with Kairos on this. I'm a little fed up with like the, the, the contender series pipeline. I'm kind of fed up with the saturated cards, but I understand that Mike is saying that, you know, we're spoiled. We're used to like excellence and pure violence when it comes to the UFC. However, 
do y'all think that we need a new superstar? Like, don't you think it would be nice if the fans at least had one person to look forward to? Because right now, on occasion, we have some fight cards that we look forward to and not even fight cards, like maybe a matchup or two. But like we don't have a, you know, we don't have a Conor McGregor anymore. Conor right now does more talking and drugs than he does fighting. And then he still has that buzz. But when he comes back, what happens? He loses. So the buzz isn't as strong. John Jones is on vacation. He's he's getting plump for heavyweight, but we really don't know what's going on with him at heavyweight. And then we have Israel Adesanya, whose last two um, title defenses weren't really anything to write home about. Like none of us are still discussing it. There wasn't any crazy shit that went on. He just simply won. And we talk more about him playing with dog balls or kissing them than his title defenses. So I feel like the UFC and the fans are just lacking that person, that Ronda Rousey, that Connor, that love. And do you guys think that we need that right now? Because I think we do. We fans need something to look forward to right now. Pay-per-view cards are what? 70 something dollars. Contender series. People are just destroying the undercards and and the main cards. Greg Hardy's all over main events for reasons. I don't know why. And and it's it's just, I don't know. It's a really weird time right now. And then we got COVID killing cards and stuff like that. Don't you think we need a superstar? And how do you feel about that? And I'm going to start with Kairos. All right, I'm gonna make my point and then I'm gonna drink. Okay. <clears throat> uh I think we have superstars, but I think the problem is our fan base cannibalizes our stars. They they want to put themselves in a situation where I gotta pick sides, and because my fighter who I love lost to this person, I gotta hate this person because the fighter I like hates. It. So <laughs> I think we got I think Usman is a star. I think Israel Adesanya is a star. I think Piotr Yan. Is a st- well, I think he's at that point where he's about to break through that ceiling. I think that Islam Makachev slash Hamzat Shamayev are, are stars about to break into that upper roof. But mm-hmm. our fan base really does not like people who win enough. And I said that correctly. And when you win a certain amount, fans just want to hate you. They did the same thing with GSP. Oh, his title fight defenses are boring. Oh my gosh, he's not taking risks. They did it with Anderson. Oh my goodness, he's boring. Oh my goodness, he's not taking risks. They did Demetrius Johnson. Oh my gosh, his career is so boring. He's not fighting high-level competition, even though he wasn't. People just don't want to acknowledge it because it's the flyweight division. They don't like the flyweights. They're doing all the Usman too. Oh my goodness, he's boring. He's playing it safe. No, no, no. Oh, he lost his fight. Israel Adesanya. Oh my goodness, his last few title fights have been lackluster boring as if he didn't put Paulo Costa into remission. As if he didn't have to fight Robert, and Robert wasn't throwing offense either. My problem with the MMA fan base is we have stars. We have people who are supposed to be touted in this way, but the fan base doesn't show love to them until it's too late. Look at fucking Bobby Green right now. How long have I been shouting Bobby Green's praises and people didn't want to fuck with him, but now they want to fuck with him because it's popular to do so on MMA Twitter. Fuck y'all. Yes, we need stars, unfortunately, because the fan base puts us in that fucking position to need stars. You know, it's interesting, too. The fan base makes people that fight eight times a year a star. Oh, my God. You are missing some wonderful ways in which you actually digest overproof rum. And uh, Kairos is spilling it down his beard. He's spilling it all over his T-shirt. He's not even using a cup or glass. This is how raw, this is how rugged, this is the man-child that we uh, have come to know and love. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing to behold. Kairos just did a shoey without the shoe and the fucking figures. <laughs> I thought about doing that today. I thought about doing that. And I was like, I don't have any clean shoes I just bought. You're such a black person. You were like, I need brand new yeah, shoes. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. Me too. 
Mm-mm. Y'all, if I did a shoey, you would see me take the shoe out the shoe yep. box that's never been worn or even tried on if I was to do a shoey. And then I would not do a shoey because I'm not ruining my new shoes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah. anyway, you know what I think is interesting too? Um, fans also make stars into people that fight mm-hmm. all the time. Like if, you, if you're like a Kevin Holland and you fight like 12 times in a year, you're a star. And that's why they're gravitating towards Bobby too. I swear to God, Leon needs to listen to the show and listen to what we're saying. If you fight more often, the people like want to see you. You know what I'm saying? Like you just become a star if you take eight fights in one year. So I think that's very telling of our fan base that if you're just always fucking around, taking short notice fights, fighting during this COVID era all the time, you're low key a star. You know what I mean? Look at Loopy. Look at um, Kevin Holland. Look at Bobby Green. These are people like, oh, there's a fight. Someone fell through. I'll take it. But I, I, I don't know. For me, I need something to look forward to. That's why I wanted to ask you guys that question. Me personally, I need someone where I'm like, I just want to rip off all my clothes. Like, oh, my God, they're fighting. You know, the way I used to feel about Connor, the way Rhonda had me like, is she going to armbar another bitch? Like, I really miss that right now in the UFC. Like, I need that shit with my whole chest. Mike, how you feeling about this? I agree with you somewhat that there is a lack of stars New stars are emerging, though. You look at the investment that's been put into, we may love him, we may loathe him, but Paddy the Baddie. That is an emerging star. He is on a track, and it is a developmental track, because if you look at the opponents that he's been handed at the moment, so that his star power can be built. Similarly to um, someone like, um, God, his name is just... uh, Clean went out of my head. Uh, the guy with all the funny, funky hair. Um, Shafkat Ramanov? No. Um, looks like Takashi 69 He's got the... And he's Sean got O'Malley. The to, Sean O'Malley. I don't know why his name escaped me. Yeah. Uh, but Sean O'Malley. It's people like Sean O'Malley, people like Paddy Pimblett, who are going to be the new stars. And when you say that there is a lack of stars, um, I think what you need to kind of like revert back to is where the star pipeline is being um, seeded from. And it's from the contender series. It's from um, that sort of like cheap pool because what seems to be happening is that is going to be mine. That is going to be a gold mine for our future stars. So that's where you're going, you need to be looking at for future stars, but also look at those people who are kind of like being brought along slowly. Those are also going to be your future stars as well. Your Sean O'Malley's, as I say, your Paddy Pimblets. But just like Kairos, I have to agree as well. I just feel that we do have quite prominent and bright stars who bring eyes and put bums on seats plus um have incredible traction but they're not fighting enough yeah that that's part of the issue mike like we do have um what's it called we do have stars and and i don't even think some of those motherfuckers are emerging they showed up like stars look at patty look at shemayev why isn't the ufc like pushing these people why i understand that the ufc doesn't really need a star. Cause when I posted that tweet, Mike, Natraj was like, they don't need a star. They're making the most money they've ever made. They don't what? need one. They can, yeah, Natraj, um, 
Natrash hit me up immediately and was like, the UFC doesn't need a star because they have ESPN. They're making the most money they've ever made since, you know, since the UFC, they're doing very well in a, in a market. Bah, 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 bah. And I do kind of agree with him that the UFC has taken off. Remember, they were the first organization in sports to go through the pandemic like it wasn't going on. They were like, fuck it, we still going to have fights. They created some type of revenue because of that. But I'm talking about from the fans point of view, like give us something to get excited for. I'm seeing more and more people complaining about the price of the pay-per-views, the lackluster cards and the bad main events and Greg Hardy. There's just a lot of grumbling. And I feel like we need something to get excited about. To be fair, though, look, let's not put too fine a point on it. We know that MMA Twitter is one of the most toxic and one of the most complainious Okay, there's never, there's not a word complainious, but they love to bitch. They love to bitch about nothing. And I do think that they do this quite loudly when there's nothing actually to complain or bitch about. You really think there's nothing to complain about right now? Like, come on, Mike. I'm, I'm talking about emerging stars like Sean O'Malley oh. and emerging stars like Paddy Pimblett. They are being given these stars. And as Kairos rightly points out, look, we do have stars. They're just not being rinsed and repeated on our timelines, on our screens, as they used to be in days gone by. And sometimes I think, Mike, though, the UFC is waiting for, like, a star like Connor, where, like, they pave their own way to become that star. They take a nation with them and put them on their back and make them famous. And it's kind of like, hey, UFC, that magic is not always going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, why not push somebody, you know, or help somebody, please? Because you're not always going to have a Connor that comes in there and says, you know, we're not here for whatever. We're here to take over. Not everybody has that pizzazz, but Mm -hmm. but is a star. So, Mm -hmm. like, do something. And look at Shemaev. He wants to fight everybody. When is his next fight? Patty's out here talking mad shit. When's his next? Like, come on. Like, do something with the people we want to see. Don't nobody want to see Aspen Ladd versus Norma Dumont. Stop. (laughs) Stop. Stop it. But it's facts, though. Y'all laughing, but it's facts. Motherfuckers want to see Patty. Mm. Motherfuckers want to see Shemayev. We want to see Usman. We want to see Kobe. (laughs) But no, we get Norma adverse um, fucking... You know, Aspen Ladd, we got um, who I can I can't even remember. There's been a few cards. Where I'm like, really? Come on, bro. You see, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about stars because that neatly segues into the point that I wanted to bring up. And that is this weekend just gone. We saw Jamal Hill and Johnny Walker clash. Now, I really do see um, Jamal Hill has got that star potential. He's got that star quality. So if you want to look at stars, look at the likes of Jamal Hill. But that isn't why I raised it. I raised it because, okay, it links in quite nicely because we're talking about stars. But the reason why I'm actually raising that fight in particular, because yet another defeat for Johnny Walker. Now, I wanted to ask two questions. The first is a two-part question. The first part of the question is this. Is Johnny Walker a crowd pleaser, a fan pleaser? Is he someone with enough traction to be given the um, Dana White privilege that um, others have been given? And uh, I'm obviously talking about Mr. Shitty and Grin. Now, for me, um, I feel as though he entertains me, but I'm talking about the fan base. Is his entertainment shtick? Is his entertainment um, persona enough to actually 
keep him on the roster? That's the first question. And secondly, as we are on um, Mr. Mr. Uh, Entertainment, um, he's come from SBG. SBG has long been lauded as this place where the killers are created. And Connor was there. And Connor's name was brought to the fore and kept to the fore. Um, are we seeing sort of a realisation that perhaps, just perhaps, I'm paying devil's advocate here because I don't necessarily agree with this, just perhaps that Coach Kavanaugh wasn't all that anyway. And he's never been all that. It's just that he had a star pupil. He was a quick learner, an exceptional showman, and an incredible athlete. Okay, I'm going to go with G this time. Okay, so question number one is about Johnny Walker. Yeah. I think if Johnny Walker keeps losing, he'll get cut like anybody else. I just, you know, I think he needs to hurry up and improve that horrible footwork we saw last night. I think he needs to work on, he's almost like, I was telling Kairos this in the chat the other day, um, he's almost like uh, Luke Rockhold. Luke Rockhold is always susceptible to getting hit with like a left hand over the top, right? We've seen mm -hmm. Bisbee do it, we've seen Yol do it. We saw fucking... What's his name? The um, Polish power man do it. And guess what? Johnny has the same problem, but on the right. Corey Anderson said this at UFC 244. He was like, yo, I've watched tape on this dude. If you hit him with a right hand, he's going down. And that's what everybody seems to be doing. And if people keep hitting him on the right side of his body, he's going to lose and get cut. So I don't know what type of fan base he has that the UFC is going to keep him around. But we all know the UFC is cutthroat and they might cut him if he just keeps losing. Um, For context, he is... Um, four losses in his last five. It's coming soon. I mean, because fighters can always make their way back, especially someone like him that's like fun and like a stripper and yada, yada, yada. So, of course, I think he can easily make his way back. I mean, he's huge. He's monstrous. And he also has monstrous knockouts. So if he gets cut and makes his way on the regional circuit with flashy knockouts, he'll come back to the UFC. But I do think they will cut him. Now, as far as SBG, I think SBG is a sham. I find wow. that, like, I do. I think they got lucky. I think they got not got lucky, but they had Connor. He made them look really good, but I just think they had like their cash cow and somebody that was really successful and they have not evolved him in, in any way. He's not improving under them. Anybody new that goes to SVG comes out like Johnny Walker losing. Also, aren't people leaving that camp? Um, who's the young man that people in Bellator? Oh, Gallagher. Didn't he leave? Yup. Yeah, I, I, I thought he was splitting his camp between... You know how they say that. You know dang well he's gone. Yeah, he's, he's gone. gone. And if he's not gone, that's just like one foot out the door. The other one's coming soon. That's just your way of being like, love you, but I'm going to go mm -hmm. over here. And then eventually you're like, I train over here now. You know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> so I think like, I think just let everything I said speak for itself. If it's such a good gym, their fighters would be winning. And if it was such a good gym, the fighters that go there to win would be winning. They're not. And the fighters that go there to train, if they should be improving, they're not. And um, I, I don't think it's that good of a, a gym. And, and it's not just me being a jerk. Look at the results. Tell me right now who is doing well under that camp. Who is a dominate? Who's a dominant champ? Who's some prospect down there that's you're like, y'all coach is getting this motherfucker ready. Nobody. So sham, just, you know, either a very mediocre camp or a camp that needs a lot of work done right now. It's not looking good for SPG. I'm sorry. 
Okay, Kairos. You know, this is my time to shine. This is my time. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for the negativity to come in. So I've been waiting to talk shit about this gym. I've been waiting to talk shit about other gyms. Just give me the opportunity. I'm going to fucking talk shit. SPG Ireland is ass. I'm going to name wow. you some names who are worth the rise of Connor. Cathal Pindrin, Patty Houlihan, Isling Daly, Jochich, I forget his first name, who fought in Bellator, James Gallagher. All those people are either retired. Oh, Mark Juan and Miracani. All those people are either retired losing or gone oh let's not forget artem lobov oh let's not forget anyway i could go on and on with the list of people these are the, all the fighters who are rising with khan and they won like two or three fights here or they got on the ultimate fighter and did their thing then they got into the real show had to fight real fighters and bounced out the gym People were talking like John Cameron was one of the best coaches in the world when Connor was on his rise, just because Connor was pulling him. Connor is a fluke, not in the sense that he's not good and he wasn't talented. I just say it's a fluke because it'll there will never be another Connor. He was talking, he was winning, and he was active. That's never going to happen again. It's not, and he got a crazy amount of people showing up to support him. Never going to happen ever, ever again. You're either going to have one or the other, or maybe two or three. That gym consistently has fighters losing, retiring, changing camps, splitting time. And all John Kavanaugh can say is, you either win or you learn. Well, your gym isn't doing enough le learning anyway. You guys are losing so much and don't learn a damn thing. Why on earth is he put in the same conversation with other great coaches? Same as how they want to talk about Farah Sahabi. Same as how they want to talk about Duke Rufus. Same as how they want to talk about other coaches, this ain't about them, so I'm not going to throw some dirt on their name, even though they deserve it. But John Cavanaugh is not, has not, and will not be a great coach in MMA. I'm sorry. Maybe on the regional level, he's doing his thing. Maybe on the local level, he's probably doing his thing. Maybe with kids under the age of 12, he's probably doing his thing. But against actual people who compete and fight for money, you got a better chance having me in your corner. Matter of fact, who was the guy who Detroit Urban Survival coached Joaquin Buckley to a victory last weekend? <laughs> Put him in your corner over John Kavanaugh. Come on now. You know, I far be it for me to sit on the fence because I don't feel like, as though I can. Oh, but, don't sit on no but, fence. But, but you raise a good point when you talk about the droves of people who've actually left SBG now. And for me... I always used to wonder why it was that somebody who was, I suppose, well-versed in the ground game, he's a BJJ savant, was giving advice on striking. Now, okay, albeit that he does have a background in, I, I do believe it's either Taekwondo or Karate, I can't remember, having read the book uh, a while back, I feel I do need to refresh my memory on his background, but striking isn't his go-to. We, he's well-renowned, and he is well-renowned. We've got to give him that for his BJJ and being the coach of Conor McGregor. But as far as I can make out right now and the vibe and what I can see and from what people have been saying about them leaving the gym and the reasons for leaving the gym or for having one foot in another um, camp is because they're not getting what they need out of that gym. The nurturing that they need is to be found elsewhere. And it almost seems like a, almost a courtesy that some people who are having their feet in SPG and elsewhere are doing it because it's good karma. But for those who aren't really worried about karma, I mean, I'm thinking of like the Dean Barry's of this world, 
He's left SBG. He, he's now actually with Team Rhino. And he makes his uh, his UFC debut, I believe, in April. And for people like... Um, I, I, I do believe that uh, Liam McCourt is no longer at SBG. So, okay, I'm going to have to look that one up because I'm not 100% sure, but it does make me feel as though there does seem to be sort of an exodus from uh, SBG in terms of the nurture and uh, the skills that a lot of people felt that they weren't getting there. They're now getting elsewhere. It pains me to say it because from where I'm sat, you know, in terms of Irish MMA, he's widely regarded, and this is John Kavanagh, as the godfather of Irish MMA. But we're not talking about someone who was nurtured a scene. We're talking about a coach who has the ability to, I suppose, stoke up the winningness in his fighters. And at the moment, that just ain't happening. And as I say, case in point, Johnny Walker. Kyrus Bodley, I know you've been itching to uh, get some mic time. What are you bringing to the table this week? You want to know what I keep hearing about MMA and the UFC more importantly? This division's dying. This division's dead. This champion's killing off the division. They have been so dominant that so-and-so is not able to have any sort of competition. It makes things less interesting. Fair enough, but we know that's bullshit. We know that most people, if it's a champion that they like, they're going to ignore all that. But what don't you not hear about divisions that are going into the dust? Lightweight. Lightweight up until probably 2021 had been hailed as the most tough division in the UFC. It had like 100 and something fighters at one point. Now, I don't know where it's at. It's probably at like 80, 90 range, whatever. That division in the top 15 is dying. And no one's saying anything about it. Not a single person. Let me say some names for you really quick and get. let me give you context for why I'm saying those names before you jump down my throat and not let me get this off. Benil Darius, Michael Chandler, Rafael Dos Anjos, Tony Ferguson, Dan Hooker, Conor McGregor, Carlos Diego Ferreira. These are all fighters who are either old, talking about retirement, <laughs> leaving the division, or losing consistently. Sometimes it's a blend of all four of those things. And yet no one wants to talk about that division dying. Those are premier fighters in the organization, premier fighters in the division, ranked fighters who are fading into the abyss of darkness. And no one's going to act like 155 isn't dying. And sure, we got some people who are on the rise who are going to bring the division up a little bit, like Joel Alvarez, Gam Rowe, Fazeev. I don't know. I'm not really feeling that. I don't think he's got it like that. Even Bobby Green, yeah, even Bobby Green's pushing 40 right now. These are fighters who are going to be gone in the next, Nate Diaz fighting at 170, 155, whatever he wants to call himself. These are fighters who are going to be gone in the next two years. This is a serious problem. And no one wants to act like this division is going to be gone. What were you going to say, Gina? I'm sorry. No, no, I'm listening to you. No, no, no. I'm, t- I'm agreeing with you over here, 100%. Oh. No, no, yes. I'm agreeing. Dan Hooker is at 45. He already did the test weight cut. He made it. He can make 145 again. No longer going to be a big... That's another ranked fighter that you just lost. Connor is finally almost getting pushed out of the top 10. That should let you know something right now. Con- there is a point in time where Connor had enough pool to probably lose realistically four or five fights in a row and stay ranked in the top five. He's almost out the top 10. So if he's almost out, all y'all can leave too. 
Nobody is going to be safe from this. And I think it's so hilarious that they want to talk about light heavyweight. I think it's so hilarious that they want to talk about middleweight. I think it's so hilarious that they want to talk about women's 145. Okay, I, I'm not going to compare that. That's not fair. No, fuck that. Ignore that one. I think it's so funny that they want to talk about these other divisions and not mention the biggest problem of them all, which is lightweight. Your stars, your favorites, the elite, the armed guard, the honor guard, whatever, the color guard, whatever guard you want to call them, are leaving. They're getting old. They're losing. What is going to be the answer for this? Who is going to take up the mantle? Because even Charles Oliveira, even though he's on a streak and he's active and he's fighting, he could be gone too soon because he's getting older. He looks 58, but he's really 36. <laughs> uh, that was mean. I like Charles, though, but it's true. No, he does. No, he does look like he's getting up there. And all of our like favorite fighters that we know and love, they are getting older. You know what I mean? So get ready for the Sean O'Malley's and you know, these folks to like kind of start taking over and stuff. But I just wish the UFC would push them a bit more so we can get excited about them. But I don't know. I totally agree with you, Kairos, 100 percent. You're right and you're wrong. We answered no. this question when you think about it <clears throat> earlier when we were talking about the lack of stars. Everybody you've talked about there is a star, is somebody who has name value, brand value, but there are new stars coming through and we've discussed where the pipeline is coming from. It's from your contender series. And I don't think that that division in particular, given that it's historically difficult for those people who are chomping at the bit to get into the UFC to get into that division, I don't see that being a problem for that division to be filled up again. But what I do see there being a problem with is the star power in our eyes, who we regard as stars, who the people who we have been champing at the bit to see um, back in the cage. That's where I feel, feel as though you are right, 100% right, that those people basically are on the wane. Those people who we want to see more of, we're not going to see. They're halfway out the door, as you say, in terms of age, in terms of enthusiasm, in terms of the ability and the want to fight. But I don't see it as a, a division that is going to be um, shallow at all anytime soon. It's going to be shallow, and here's why. Power, popularity, and prestige has to exchange hands in MMA. There are some people who are the exception to that rule. The people at 155 are no exception to that rule. And how does power and prosperity and prestige and all those P words exchange hands? You have to fight someone and beat them. Most of those people at 155 are not fighting and not winning. People want to talk about welterweight fighters not fighting. 55ers don't fight either. What happened when Islam Makachev needed a short notice opponent? How many ranked fighters put their hand up and said, I want to fight Islam. I'm going to zero. None of them. They have to go outside of the top 15 and pull Bobby Green up by his bootstraps because he's popular and active right now and pay him to fight Islam. Them boys don't want to fight. Them boys don't want to be champions. At, yes, yes, it wasn't even at 55. Them boys don't want to fight. None of them want to be stars and none of them are going to be stars until they start having to fight each other. You can only build so much star power after beating Tony Ferguson at a certain point. He was on a three-fight losing streak. All three were dominant losses. If someone comes up and rolls Tony in this next fight, it's not going to mean as much as the person you beat him the first time. Same thing as if you go in there and you beat RDA. RDA has been a staple. UFC Hall of Famer, undoubtedly, unless you are just moronic or blind. Not No district to blind. But if someone goes out there and rolls RDA, if Joel Alvarez fights RDA and beats him, 
I don't think he's going to become the star that he is. You have to fight and beat all these other people who are winning and stars. But that's hard to do because no one's fighting and no one's winning and hardly anybody are stars. The only way you're going to become a star in this division at this point is if you fight and beat Charles Oliveira or you fight and beat Islam Makachev and you dominate. Those are the only two ways. Nobody no way. else will win. You no way. Star, you come, did Dustin Poirier become a massive star after beating Conor twice? No. No, it was just like, congratulations, you beat Washington. You see how the conversation shifted when Dustin beat Connor versus when Habib beat Connor? That conversation shifted so fast, especially beyond when we talk about when Nate beat Connor. He became a celebrity overnight. But poor Dustin from Louisiana can't get no hype, can't get no love from the fans after beating Connor twice, finishing him both times, no love. Yeah, That's but you're equating, I- I'm quite surprised that you're doing this. You're equating the ability to beat a star to become a star we all know that's not the case we know that's bullshit because you become a star if the ufc a favors you b sees that you have that star potential mm-hmm. but c is willing to put the money into you and externally outside of that i'm thinking of paddy the baddy in particular his entry into the ufc was a very precarious one look at that fight he almost lost that but off the back of that fight He's now got a very lucrative deal with Barstool. Not because he beat a star, but because A, maybe good management. B, the fact that he has that sort of like um, potential because of the way in which he talks to represent and to pull people in and to get that traction. But C, I think it's down to the mere fact that there are certain people who are being brought on very slowly because the UFC matchmakers see their star potential. And that's why you're seeing this sudden uptick in terms of popularity for Paddy the Baddy, for example. Not because he beat anybody of note, but because of those factors. Paddy is rising in popularity, yes. But is he going to become a star? I say fuck no. You want to know why I say fuck no? Because he doesn't have the ability to be a star. He's going to hit wall after wall after wall. It doesn't how mu- doesn't matter how much the UFC wants to slow down his progression. It doesn't matter how much they want to pick and choose his opponents for him. Eventually, he's going to have to fight top 15 talent. And the amount of times that he receives punishment, absorbs blows, does not get out the way, does not block, but he is going to... Ex- We've seen this fighting style. We've seen it so many times in MMA. He's not going to be a star. And if he does achieve it, it's going to be one of those situations where you go supernova. You become a star for a quick month, maybe a month and a half, maybe half a year. Then you start losing and those fans turn on you. That's my problem. It doesn't matter. Oh, this person's going to become this. What about the longevity? What about these people who are going to be international stars and heroes to their country like Jose Aldo, like Valentina Shevchenko? When she gets off the plane, she got people showing titties and screaming for her no matter what the result. Like, they love her over there. Superstar. But is she a star to the world? I don't, arguably not. But there are fighters who just have that. Patty doesn't have that. Most people at 155 don't have that. And most people in that division are not going to ever have that. That's all I'm saying. The UFC better also give him favorable matchups. Um, they have to. Kairos is right. Like, um, Patty is going to be a, sh- a star. He's going to yeah. be somebody that we talk about a lot, but mm. he won't be, like, very compelling. It won't be a counter stardom. And he won't get a sneaker deal. He won't, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be, like, in-house stardom. Like, we're going to know who the fuck he is. And Liverpool is going to really yes. like that kid. And the UK is going to fuck with him. But it's not going to be on some, like, 
Conor McGregor type level at all. And it's because That's just what like, I mean. yeah, it's, it's not because it's like, I don't even think he has the skill set like that. What name something about him right now that has you like, yo, he's a motherfucking problem. Like Islam Makhachev <laughs> got that wrestling, right? Whenever I think of him fighting anybody, I'd be like, don't go to the ground. Don't go to the ground. When Conor fights, I'm like that left hand, no matter how many drugs he's doing or bitches he's fucking, that left hand is a problem. <laughs> when I think about Patty, I just think Patty's a lot of fun and he has a lot of heart. He's a good fighter. He does not have any particular weapon that has me thinking he's a problem for anybody. And that is when the stardom is going to hit a ceiling because you can be a loudmouth with a fucked up haircut and win a couple of fights. But when you really get up there at the top and motherfuckers start fucking you up with that haircut, what you going to do? Nothing. So make that money now. Get a good contract, Patty. Keep running your mouth. But like, he's not Conor McGregor. Everybody needs to realize that he's not Conor. The fucked up haircut line got me. To, yeah, I want to clarify that because I feel like people might take that out of context. What I mean is he can become a star in terms of MMA fandom and UFC fanbase. Yep. Exactly. Us. We're not talking about household name. We're not mm. talking. That's what I mean. I don't like just that. Wait, that fucked up haircut line is hilarious. So he just, his shit needs to, <laughs> you got to figure that out. I think he's bad. a star. I think the, the fucked up haircut, the funny accent, <laughs> I think all of it has just got my attention. I, I like it. I know I'm talking shit and I'm coming off real gruff, but like, I think he is a package. He's just not going to, he's not going to have whiskey. He's not going to have a whiskey deal. Yeah. He's not going to have a steak deal. He's not getting sneakers. He's going to be our little baby star. Then somebody going to whoop his ass and then that's it. You know, like. Yeah, but then we all agreed then he will be a star. That was the premise of your question. Mm. To but some when extent. I said star, yes, to some, I'm not talking about the MMA stars or I'm talking yeah, about real world, like, if you go on the street right now and say, do you know who Brock Lesnar is? Do you know who Connor is? Mm. Do you know who Ronda is? Mm. Do you know? That's what I mean. They, I say, do you know Patty Pimble? They were, who the f- No, I don't know Patty Pimble. That's all I mean. That's all I mean. Do you know motherfuckers don't even know Tony Ferguson? Like, we really yeah. act like these people that we love our stars. <laughs> let me ask somebody who, like, watches. Let me ask my coworker who watches MMA sometimes about Tony Fer- Be like, you know Tony Ferguson? He'll be like, no. No, but he know Connor, he know Rhonda, he know Khabib, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But like, there's certain people that we fucking love. These people don't know. Mm-mm. It's hilarious to me. So I think Patty stays in that realm that um, Kairos is talking about. And, and, and I feel like this goes back to my topic earlier. Like, we need that motherfucker. We need that, that everybody know this motherfucker. Whether you watch fucking soap operas to MMA, you like, who? I know that guy. That's the guy who fights, like the way Connor was. We need that again. We do. And I don't think the UFC needs it. The fans need it. We need to beef about this person. We need to fall in love with this person. We need to fall out of love with this person. <laughs> you know what yep. I mean? Like, we, we need that again. I miss it. Yeah. We need it. Yeah, I miss it. Pay Joanna. She ain't fought in a year because they ain't want to pay her. She could be another star right now. Who gonna I, stop her right now? Pay Joanna. Come on. You know, I think the UFC realizing that they don't need stars has us fucked up. They like keep eating these contender series fights. <laughs> keep, keep, yeah, I think they're like we make that money without. Yeah, I think I think back in the day when when um, Dana used to chase Conor around and was like, "Oh, you want to fight Floyd? Go ahead, go ahead. You can do whatever you yeah. want." Now that those days are over, we get what we get. We get scraps. Dana like, "Oh, we still making bank, and we don't need this guy." Oh, here you get what we get. What we give you, Dana White Contender Series people, the regional circuit fight. Like they don't. It's over for y'all. Like the fans are not winning right now, Mike. I'm sorry. The prices went up. The quality went down. <laughs> 
<laughs> just before we wrap up, just before we wrap up, I haven't seen you been uh, taking any swigs there. I've seen a lot of Coke being drunk, but uh, no rum. Did you being not consumed. notice how many swigs I took in the first one? Did you not count? Half the bottle. I, I counted one swig. He wants you to die. Just drink the whole bottle. <laughs> like, I'm going I'm to be honest with you right now. After I took them six, I thought I was going to die because I don't wow. drink a lot. It, it's been a while since I drank. So I drank that and I was like, I'm going to throw up. It's but cheap. I still got my six. Yeah, it's cheap. I got my six, though. But I believe I got my six. I'm a man of my word. But if you think I'm about to drink from that dusty ass bottle again for your amusement, <laughs> you're crazy. I ain't going to do it. Well, you're still um, making sense. You're still um, conscious which is always a good thing. So that about wraps up this episode of Shots Fired. Shisanga will be back in the hot seat alongside us next week. But until then, take care of yourselves. Later. <laughs>